Welcome to the Drive Able podcast, where we discuss all things about driving and safer community transport for people with disabilities and medical conditions. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you've subscribed to our channel and follow us on the socials. Just search Drive Able Podcast. We've got a lot of content now with lots of interviews, so make sure you go back and have a listen to some of our older episodes. G'day, Ellie. Hey Brad, yeah, this episode is going to be a great one. We have Jamian Hudson on. Jamian is a user of high-level driving controls through FADL. And I guess we're both probably going to be pretty excited for this one because as a lot of people know, we've spoken a lot about um, FADL high-level controls and the, the van going around the country and people trialing things, but no one actually who's a user. So I'm really excited um, actually to hear about that experience and how they got into it. And on top of that, um, which we'll share some of the links afterwards as well. Jamie is also a um, Instagram influencer and he does some pretty cool like drone photography around WA on the coastline um, and saves it on his Instagram with his um, wheelchair vehicle and so on. So um, really interested to hear more about that as well um, and how he does it with his disability. So let's get into it. Brad, are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm excited to meet this guy and uh, yeah, have a, have a good quality chat with him. Let's find out. Yeah, let's do it. Driving is something many take for granted, but when someone has altered ability, then driving or getting out and about in your own car can be challenging. Driving with a disability doesn't mean you have to drive an old clapped out car with farm-like machinery, and relying on a wheelchair doesn't mean waiting for hours and then being in the back of a maxi access cab getting car sick. The Drivable podcast is designed to introduce and explore driving aids for people with disabilities vehicle modifications, the NDIS, research, medical guidelines, driving techniques, and much, much more. The Drivable podcast is to help you be informed and be in control of your own independence so you can experience freedom through driving safely and reliably. I'm Ali, and with me is Brad, and together we have over 30 years of experience in disability and driving. Enough of the intros, let's get into it. Okay, in this episode, we are talking with Jamian and... uh, Jamian, let's kick off uh, first and introduce yourself by telling us a bit about your disability, what it actually is, and uh, how we came about it. For sure, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to uh, be tomato, tomato, but it's Jamin, actually. <laughs> okay, no, cool. No, no, excellent. I was a bit worried about that. No, you're right, mate. Not too many people get it right. Uh, but yeah, Jamin Hudson. I live in Esperance, Western Australia, which is on the south coast of uh WA and I'm a C56 quadriplegic due to the result of a motorbike accident when I was 17 years old. I'm now 30, 31 at the end of this week and uh, have managed to have a a very good life. I'm married, I have a child, um, been very lucky to have success with aerial photography um, and I run a business but the one thing that kind of escaped me for the last 13 years was driving until recently. Yeah, righto. So Tell us a little bit about, well, how did you get around in the last 13 years since your accident? Uh, Support workers primarily and then family. So uh, we have a Toyota Hi-Ace van that has a wheelchair lift and everything in the back of it uh, and still have that. And uh, my wife would drive me or my, you know, mom or friend or something like that, but primarily family and then support workers. I would have support workers come in and drive me places. Were you you also driving a car? as well as riding a motorbike at that time? Like, did you have the ability? I did have my driver's license. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I guess what took you so long to get back behind the wheel? Well, I got my driver's license when I was 
going to say... Uh, 24, 25, I don't know exactly, but my mum uh, slideboarded me into the, uh, you know, the driving instructor's car in Perth, which is about eight hours away from where I live. And we would go up there for like two week blocks. And I, yeah, we slideboarded me in and out of this car multiple times. And uh, the lady insisted on, she was a lovely lady, but insisted on the spinner knob being on the top of the steering wheel. And uh, I would get just such fatigue in my left arm as we would drive down the road. And I, I just couldn't do it for long periods of time. And eventually after me persisting, I was like, can I please try it on the bottom of the steering wheel? Put it on the bottom of the steering wheel. It was like night and day. So then uh, when we were going along a straight road, I could rest my arm, you know what I mean? As opposed to trying to hold it there. Uh, so then eventually managed to get my driver's license, which the guy really put me through my paces. I was reverse parking, parallel parking, all sorts of parking in the city, uh, but passed. But then... Uh, there was not a huge amount of point in me getting a vehicle like a Commodore or whatever that had hand controls because I'm unable to transfer independently. I have no triceps working. So I'm stuck in my wheelchair, I guess, uh, without the assistance. But, you know, if you're getting slideboarded into a car by someone else, I sort of, I thought, what's the point? I guess they could just drive me somewhere in a van, you know? Uh, so modification costs of a vehicle that I've ended up with, uh, astronomical to be honest with you it's a, a huge amount of money uh, and uh, it took quite a long time to come up with that money you know uh, this was not NDIS provided or anything like that so it was uh, it took some time um, to get the funds together and uh, but now I drive a car with a high level of modifications done to it but I'm able to do that independently I can get myself in and out of the vehicle no problem go where I need to go um, yeah, it works fantastically. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about the high level because we've spoken, I don't know if Brad said to you before, but we um, have spoken quite a fair bit about the FADL high level controls on this podcast, but we haven't met anyone that's um, a user of them. So it's really exciting. Yeah, cool. um, yeah. um, and also um, one question before we get onto that was, um why why not ndis so like, yeah, yeah that's that's well, NDIS is relatively new you know what i mean so uh uh and my understanding is um i i don't know how willing they are to fund something that costs that amount of money you know what i mean the modifications were one hundred ninety five thousand dollars plus the car you know what i mean so you're okay. looking at a huge amount of money um, was that was that modified in um sydney partially yeah and then the the remaining bit was done in perth yeah, oh, yeah. with freedom yeah. yeah yeah and they were amazing you know what i mean there's no worries there in all honesty it, it took quite a long time which uh, but it was a bit disappointing but at the same time i understand that it's a big modification but uh troy in particular i, I you know sing his praises he was very good very very knowledgeable uh and assisted a lot so he was great yeah yeah he gets really good uh, raps and we've dealt with him he's a, he's a really good guy and um yeah. yeah i it's um i have so many questions i'm just trying to figure out which yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm with you I'm with you. There's so many questions. I, I'm intrigued about the NDIS funding and, and why didn't yeah. you explore that. But you're right. You would have you would have run into a whole lot of hurdles um, along the way uh, compared to using you know your own funds um, to be able to do it. And we've got to keep in mind that 
the NDIS is much newer in Western Australia than it is in New South Wales and in yeah, okay. South Australia, where Ali and I are from as well. So that's right. You guys have had it for a while, haven't you? Yeah. So we've only had it here for maybe two years, I'd say. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the ball was already rolling. You know what I mean? By the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because um, I guess that's also makes sense to our conversations because a lot of the like what you said, it takes a very long time. And most of the, or the people that we have spoken to, they're in the process right now mm-hmm. of getting their NDIS funding or whatever. And it's like, you know, a year or a year and a half in, you know, and they're still kind of trialing and learning and so on. So it is, yeah. it is a very long process, a multi-year process that, that has to, you just go through. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, that's good to know, I guess. Yeah, no, and I couldn't fault the uh, NDIS. I mean, since I've been on it, it's been fantastic. You know what I mean? There's no issue at all there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and no, the the vehicle itself is better than I could have expected, to be honest with you. I mean, when I'm in the back of a Toyota Hiace, I I guess because it's got commercial suspension, leaf suspension, I'm hanging on for dear life, and it's like uh, I was like, how on earth am I going to hang on and drive a car? But the Volkswagen multivan is just so smooth. Um, I can have both hands able to drive. I just wear a seatbelt. I thought I'd have to wear a chest strap, but I don't have to do that, which was surprising to me. Um, and I mean, obviously, when I first started driving, I wasn't doing that good. Like I, I drove okay, but I just took a little while to get better with it. And then uh, uh, now I'm confident and I've driven, I mean, I've done 15,000 Ks as of today. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, we took it up to X now, you know, which is 2000 kilometers from where I live. We drove all the way up there, uh, not in one go or anything, but um, yeah. So no, I've gotten quite good at it and it's the, the vehicle is in amazing. Absolutely. So how did you come across the like this conversion and having this stuff and I guess getting trial like trying it out? Tell us a little about about that process. Yeah, because yeah. I guess so you're not on NDIS, so it might be slightly different to most people. Yeah. So from uh, uh, driving my uh, original car, sorry, the one that had the just regular hand controls in it was a Kia, and they would lighten the power steering because uh, I know I, they had another car that had regular power steering in it and I couldn't turn that all that well and then eventually I ended up realizing that I'd need a drive from wheelchair setup obviously not being able to transfer uh so I tried one where the wheelchair would go right up to the front but then I still couldn't turn the steering wheel so then there's not many of the uh the trial vehicles in Australia none permanently in WA but what they did was uh, they had one over here from Queensland. So I met Troy at my sister's house. We tried it out and uh, realized that that one worked. I managed to drive pretty good within a short amount of time. Uh, well, very short amount of time. I was going around roundabouts and around the block instantly. So then it was like, bing, this is what I need. And then we went down the pathway there. And uh, sorry, I should point out job access were amazing in helping uh, modify mine as well. You know what I mean? So even though we didn't do the NBIS thing, job access helped me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So job access for those from what I understand, those listening um, that are not from WA is, I guess, the WA version of NDIS previously. Is that right? Uh, no, they just help with um, uh, so getting the vehicle so that I can operate it uh, for work, for work. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. so, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. So it's something that I needed for the aerial photography and 
I mean, it's, since having it for work, it's like night and day. I can go and, you know, get myself over to the boat if I need to. And it's just, it's amazing, really. Yeah. Did you have any um, OTs or anything part of that process? or were you Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So that's a massive part of it, particularly with job access, because they need to make sure I'm not, like it's not someone taking the piss, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. need to be uh, shown that it will assist you. And I had a lady come down here to Esperance and she checked out the situation and obviously thought that it was would be a viable uh, aspect to assist me and uh, she was she was great um, I don't remember the company or anything like that but her name was Jamie and she went out of her, her way she did everything really properly and professionally and uh, I was grateful that she saw that it was a a good um, you know it would be a good fit for me. I've got a bunch of questions to, to break that down a little bit more and let's start discovering what you're actually driving with You've you said that you're driving a Volkswagen multivan. How do you, how do you, and you drive from your wheelchair? For yeah. for people listening, how are you actually getting into the van independently and getting into that driving position? What's what's your process? Yeah, cool. So look, there is an underbody hoist that is uh, comes out of the side of the vehicle. So I opted not to go for a rear entrance. The benefit of a rear entrance one is you can park in any old parking bay but then you lose the back seats, you know what I mean? So you basically got a van, but it's a shell really, um, which is pointless with a family and everything like that. So I went for the side entry, which has been uh, really good, particularly nowadays, I feel like disabled bays are getting wider. Um, mm -hmm. And I have had very few, like, I can't even recall one instance where I've had a problem parking it, you know? So yeah. that's been good. So, so that's, a we cassette went lifter. that's a cassette yeah, lifter, it's yeah. like a drawer yeah, that comes out underneath the car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we went for the underbody one just for more internal space. You do lose clearance underneath the vehicle, which um, I guess is a, a trade-off. But uh, the you know it's been great for me. So the basically the draw lift comes out, comes straight down onto the ground. I wheel up on it, and then it lifts me up, and I wheel straight into the cab. I then have like a docking pin underneath my wheelchair, and I've got a power assist wheelchair so power assist wheels attached to a titanium tie light wheelchair mm -hmm. so basically it's similar to manual drive straight up to the driver's seat and it docks me in automatically and then i have a backrest that swings around i, I use a little switch on the dash backrest mm -hmm. swings around behind me which is a really fantastic support i didn't uh, once again i was like i don't think i'm going to need that but uh, I've tried driving. I've forgotten to flick it around a few times when I first started driving and it, you feel much less, uh, you know, balance in the wheelchair. So, so then, is, uh, that, is that the, just to interrupt, that's the thing that comes behind you and it's supposed to kind of protect you from a crash, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So back I just wanted to kind of highlight that for the listeners because it's something which is not that common in the industry. And I guess me being a safety engineering nerd, I push that a lot. Um, and it's great to hear that you're actually getting some like ongoing benefit and support benefit because it's oh, yeah. one that is very hard, I guess, quote unquote, sell to the community. Um, Cause it's not something that often people think is needed. Like you said, um, they don't think about it, but I, I guess from an engineering point of view, I can see the real benefits from a crash safety and um, support point of view. So it's great that you've, you've recognized that as well. Oh yeah. No, I, uh, I wouldn't drive without it. Yeah, that's for sure. I think it's fantastic. And then seatbelt is on obviously my left-hand side and it comes up about to the height of my wheel on my left wheel. And I just get the seatbelt over and then like grip it in my teeth, 
pull a bit more, grip in my teeth, pull it a bit more until eventually I, I chuck it in the, the seatbelt clasp and just click it down. And then uh, vehicle is push button start and uh, I switch another switch on the left-hand side, which then turns on the failure of steering controls. They take, I think about 30 seconds to fire up uh, and then voice activated indicators, um, windows voice activated as well, up and down. And then of course, these days, window wipers, lights are automatic on sensors, you know, so that's a massive help. Um, sometimes I find if I have uh, music on or something, indicators are less sensitive, obviously. If there's no sound in the car and I'm in there on my own, they work perfectly every single time. It's just- Even with your Aussie, someone. even with your Aussie accent? Uh, yeah, 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 that works fine. Um, and, uh, but then the beauty about, European car uh, Volkswagen is if I do need to manually indicate, I never have to take my hand out of the steering because that's on the right-hand side. Uh, it would just be, you know, out of the accelerator and the brake, which if you've got a long way to a corner and you're just rolling, it's not down a hill or something, then that seems to work fine as well. But but 90% of the time I'm using the uh, voice activated indicators. And then uh, right-hand side is a tiny little, steering wheel i guess is a, a kind of a way to explain it to people but it's basically a little spinner knob on the right hand side that then turns the big steering wheel and on the left hand side push forward to brake and pull back to accelerate which at first i was like man i'd find it easier if i could pull back to brake and push forward to accelerate but um if you fall forward you, you push your foot on the brake which is a much much better idea because a couple of times I have fallen forward, so it's better to come to a halt than uh, than go careering off into someone. It's, so, it's yeah. a safety requirement of the standard as well that yeah. the the, yeah. the um the brakes have to be in the direction of the forward motion of the car. So yeah. for that very reason, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for people listening in, that some of the technical things that uh, Jamin's spoken about, the little steering wheel on the right hand side. In the industry, it's called a mini wheel, a mini yeah. steering wheel. And what it does is it, like Joan says, it the, the steering wheel spins around in front of you, doesn't it? And it and it goes yeah. to the left and right. Uh, and it looks like you're not using your hands on the steering wheel at all, but that's down at elbow level for for you to be able to, to grip to. Is your one on the left-hand side, your brake and accelerator, is that electronic or is it a mechanical yeah. lever down to the brake lever? No, it's electronic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a really high-end control uh, for people listening in. That's extremely lightweight compared to actually pressing your brake pedal with your foot. Yours is electronic, so it's it's got no mechanical feedback. It's, it's all electronic, all nice and light. Um, yeah and and makes it makes really it, does allow me to drive safely independently you know what i mean the the yeah. controls are, are fantastic yeah and the whole installation and everything has been done really well you know you open up the door and you you wouldn't know unless i know or tell people that the floor has been lowered from the i believe it's the b pillar the, the basically the back set of seats all the way forward to allow head height for me in my wheelchair um the fit out is uh, exceptional yeah that's really yeah. Cool. and so you got you you originally drove in when you were 24 with the controls around the other way though is that right so you had yeah i did the left yeah, hand yeah 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 right i don't know i it was never a, it was never discussed to do it the other way to be honest yeah. with you so i don't know how it ended up that way uh 
but now I can't imagine it being any other way. I guess the one I trialed was this way. The on the right hand side was the steering. Um, but yes, you are right. I was driving left hand with the steering wheel prior. And I found that quite good. The push pat you know, was the system I had, I believe they call it. So mm -hmm. push into brake and then pat down to accelerate. And that worked quite that worked very well actually in the vehicle and i imagine the technology has probably only got better since then so there's probably yeah, yeah. Been newer things yeah, that, that's probably one of the most common hand controls in the country that push pat yeah um yeah. and then yeah how does how do how do you find that um the voice i'm, I'm interested in the voice um recognition stuff do you as you said is it like reliable um yeah yeah it's only you're uh, using it all the time like you're encouraged to use it all the time yeah 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 and particularly if you have no music on and you it's just when you're conversing with someone else, there has to be, I believe, a, a two second or one second break in conversation for it to realize that you're talking to the, the steering or sometimes you just have to raise your voice and speak louder. Uh, so it's only when you're chatting with other people and then you're like, say, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, look over there and then turn left and the car won't recognize that turn left. Uh, so you have to like kind of wait a second and say turn left yeah, and okay. indicate. But I just had to angle the microphone a little bit more down towards my, uh the direction of my mouth but no they it works really well yeah so what what do you think is the um uh additional things or, or extra things that you can do as a result of these higher level controls yeah. compared to what you had before like how much has your world grown oh mate i mean just independence 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 you could just scream that over and over again like i am able to do stuff that I mean, people would be like, oh, it must be like when you got your license again when you're 17. I'm like, no, because I used to be able to ride my bike somewhere or walk somewhere. But now, like, I can get in a car and go 20 kilometres from my house and get out. Like, uh, I mean, I'm a quadriplegic that is reliant on people to get me out of bed, you know, shower me, everything like that. But then when I'm in my car, I'm free. So it's just amazing, you know. I, I go droning on my own so I can go and do some filming. Um, it really is the, the best thing that's happened to me uh, independence-wise since my accident, absolutely. That's awesome to hear. I actually, uh, um, we'll put some links up to give you a bit of promo, but I have seen, that's actually how I kind of came across you. I think someone from Freedom or something sent a, a shot, also a video of you um, next to your car, I think, somewhere um, along the coastline. And there's a drone yeah, and you're doing a bit of drone um, photography and stuff. I just got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's bloody awesome. And um, that video is awesome. And, and I was like, I want to speak to this guy because um, yeah, it looks yeah. like he's, uh, he's, he's, I guess, using this control to its potential, um, yeah. you know, getting out there, getting remote, and I guess living a somewhat standard life of, of what people are doing um, seems yeah, to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, it takes a lot of pressure off of the people around me as well, you know, like it's a big, uh task for like i mean i can i work till five or whatever and then i'd be like ringing my wife who's trying to look after our you know at the time baby or whatever and then i'm like oh can you come and get me so then she'd have to put everything in the car come down and get me you know what i mean whereas now i finish work i come home if uh, i need to assist i can take him for a drive or something like that and as he eventually goes to school i'll be able to pick him up from school so i mean that's from a personal side of things but from a, a work side of point of view as well just being able to if i need something from bunnings i can go out there or um i honestly i still can't even believe sometimes that i'm driving a car around like a, that was such a long time to not have that independence do you think well, that because you were saying before also you're 
um, I guess, operating and running a pretty sort of complex, sophisticated business that does a bunch of other things, a bunch of unrelated stuff. Do you think that your car um, is key to that, running that business? Do you think like you wouldn't be able to have that business if you didn't have the car? Well, look, I mean, I, I we did uh, operate it for a long time without it. But since then, for example, the other day, um, some people needed something down at the units you know what i mean so i jump in the car and i come down here and i meet them and I, I get them checked in or i can get something else for them uh whereas before uh well i used to be able to ring taxis but now esperance doesn't have a wheelchair taxi anymore so no. uh or so you know there's just that's happened since i've had my vehicle but i mean i'd be buggered without it now you know what i mean like obviously family once again running me around or support workers but uh, it's absolutely integral to the operating of the, the business now. It's one of those things, though, like you, you did it for such a long time, but then once you've got something like this, I'm like, I don't know how we ever did, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I just wonder also, that's why I was thinking if the business kind of grew as a result um, because you were able to be a bit more efficient and be a bit more involved, you know. Um, Maybe not yet, but I've only had it like um, two months, you know what I mean? So, oh, really? Months. Okay. Yeah, so super fresh still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was only uh, uh, later, not well, that long ago that the I the business or the car, the car. Okay. <laughs> well, let, let's let's get you super busy. Give yourself a plug. Get yourself. Uh, tell us. Yeah. Tell us oh, about. So we do. Uh, we operate Esperance uh, Diving and Fishing, Esperance Island Cruises, and have accommodation in Esperance. So yeah, we're very uh, involved in the tourism industry and really enjoy getting people out on the water down here. And then obviously I, I sell my prints and calendars and I license my footage for the droning side of you. Like I sort of specialize more in wildlife footage right. uh, and uh, you know, that having a vehicle for that has increased my capacity hugely in particular, because now I can drive around the coastline and look for wildlife. Whereas before I'd have to ask someone else to do it for me. So. Yeah. And, and where you leave Esperance, which as I was saying before we started is, um, pretty bloody amazing anyway for scenery and shots so um so yeah getting out there and probably even drive, being able to drive 20 30 minutes from from the city will probably get you some pretty good footage you know so yeah 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 i mean i do the tourist loop pretty much every morning before work which is about 42 k's you know looking for wildlife um and it's even good just i think for people's mental health like if you because i mean you gotta think i got carers with me uh from 7 a.m in the morning so like i've got no alone time ever really uh, i get to work there's people there which i'm i'm happy to have people around me but at the same time i when i used to get a lift somewhere even when i'm in the car there's people with me but now like i can there's that five minutes of like it's just me yeah. it's I, I, I can i can feel that one because i've been in uh, lockdown in sydney for the last 15 <laughs> weeks and i'm i'm dying for some alone time because i've been stuck <laughs> with everyone in the house you know so yeah 100 uh, understand that one the people that are funding modifications, whether it's job access or NDIS and, and so forth, they need they need to listen to that. And that's vital. I mean, we had an interview where, where a guy has got his hand controls a bit like you, uh, but can't get the wheelchair in and out of his car. But yeah. the ability to actually get in his car, go for a drive, go mm -hmm. through the McDonald's drive-through, yeah, get yeah. himself a burger and a drink or whatever, just by himself, have that independence. Even if he needs somebody at the other end to get his wheelchair in and out, that's his story. But for you, you've got that next level of independence and people need to listen to that meaning, not just the cost, 
but what does it actually mean to somebody? And it sounds like uh, it's going to mean the world to you in the next uh, in yeah. the next coming coming months as yeah. you get to enjoy it. It yeah. definitely means the absolute world. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the it's, oh, you can't even put it into words. Really, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it actually, would be. Um, Maybe it'd be pretty cool to maybe catch up in like six months to a year and get like a bit of a synopsis of like how it's been going in your life and in town and things like that. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that'd be great. Really, like I guess you over the next, as you said, you've had it for two months. So over the next year, you'll probably really start to understand where it's grown your world as such. So yeah, um, yeah. But initial initial reports are really good, which is awesome to hear. And it's um, yeah, and I don't I don't imagine you'll get any bad ones. No, no, yeah, just. Yeah. Uh, uh, particularly no, good. now there's no wheelchair taxi. I mean, now I can go around to a friend's house or something like that, catch up with them. Um, He's lost know, all your business. Yeah, obviously can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, there was already on the out before that. But um, uh, uh, I think the rules have changed over here where if you have a taxi company, you used to have to have one on the road, but mm-hmm. they, they changed that. So now they don't, they don't put them on the road anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, oh, that, it's, that um, is it's great to hear also the yeah. stuff about the high-end controls because um and and I guess what I want to encourage people because this is one of the aims of the show is to be inspired by other people that have developed success and I think that um, in talking to people, high-level controls can be very easy to be turned off because there are definitely a lot of barriers. You know, like you got to drive far to get testing and takes ages to do the trials and the lessons and all that, but. I guess it's awesome to hear the end um, story from yourself that it's worth it and like the mental health and all of those things. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I just want to encourage people that are on that journey or thinking about that high level stuff. If it seems like it's a bit too hard, just, just, just go through it. Cause on the other end, um, you know, you'll be successful. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. It was a very long drawn out process. You know what I mean? Like, cause you'd go trial the one band that, you know, I couldn't get the wheelchair right up to, but then it had a normal steering wheel, which, and then all of a sudden I'm trying this other one in this story. But in reality, it's like five months later, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's uh, it's not uh, an instant thing by any means, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And easily people can get turned off by those long processes. So it's just encouraging people to see that, look, there is success out there to, uh, to do that. So, um, so I guess, if there's nothing else to uh, add, Brad, should we uh, wrap it up with our final question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We don't let people get away without this final question, Ali. So, yeah, fire away with it. Yeah, so we know that cars are more than getting from A to B. What is something that you use your car for or something that you've done in uh, or with your car that is unusual or nobody else knows about? Share it with us. Um. He's only done 15,000 kilometres in it so far. So oh, man, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I fly my drone from inside my car a lot. So I fly it from the, the floor out the door and then uh, uh, attempt to land it back in the car. But one the first time I, I clipped the side of it, so crashed that. But um, just, uh, you know, going uh, oh, all sorts of stuff, mate. But the main, like, you know, the first time I went to Bunnings and just picked up some batteries or something like that for work i cried because i was like i can't believe i'm taking myself to bunnings with no one else with me you know yeah. so how it's awesome just that. that independence really yeah, yeah how awesome. awesome is that jamin thank you so much for uh joining us and if people wanted to get in contact with you is there some way that they can can do that or do you want to give yeah. a, a plug to 
to yeah, you. Yeah, just search my well. name. Uh, just search my name on Instagram, Jamin Hudson. And uh, particularly if you have questions, you know what I mean? If there's people out there with a disability that want to get into driving, um, I'd love to help you because I know what it's done for me. And uh, to see someone else in a similar situation find the freedom that I have, then, uh, then I'd love to get involved and help out. So just send me a message on there. Yeah, no worries. Excellent. Thank you. I, thank you so much for your time. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to yeah, chat you to you. Yeah. I, uh, I really hope that you can get out and do some amazing things beyond what you're already doing with your, with your photography and, and so forth and with your drone and, and yeah, I, the world's your oyster with that, with that new car. So good luck to you and, and uh, see you on the road. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Nice to meet you both. Thank you. Thank you, and I'll um, I'll definitely hit you up when I'm in Esperance because I'm yeah. I'm going to bring the family out there. I'm, I've been promising them, so uh, so maybe we'll go on a tour or something. Yeah, oh, man, it sounds here. awesome. Yeah, yeah, same here. It's going to be great. All right, mate. Cheers. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Driving is something many take for granted. Welcome back, everybody. This is the section where we break down uh, our interview and come away with our top three takeaways from the interview. First of all, a massive thank you to Jamin for joining us in the interview. Uh, there's so much that we could reflect on, but our top three, number one, is the freedom and independence that comes from actually having these controls. Ali, you were reflecting about the mental health side of it all. Yeah, definitely. I guess um, is something that he mentioned specifically towards the end of the conversation around how that um that mental health aspect having that ability to sort of get some time to yourself um and as i said we've all kind of realized that during these lockdowns how that's important and and um i guess to be honest that was a theme that um he mentioned many times throughout the conversation and he kind of got excited about every time he mentioned it um around that whole i've got my independence and i can do this and i can do that and there were so many examples of everyday menial tasks to you and i um that i still after all these interviews i take for granted um he's sitting there and having a cry about going to bunnings you know and we're sitting here going oh bunnings is closed you know like it's it's just such a different perspective and it's awesome um that he's uh really highlighted that and and identified that as well uh absolutely and and i i like i said through the the interview we really need the people that are that are approving the funds through the NDIS or whoever it might be, job access, to really take note of that, how much these little things like getting a packet of batteries from Bunnings actually means to somebody and how important that actually is. And uh, yeah, that was that's our number one takeaway from today is that freedom and independence and how much impact that has on mental health. It will also have a financial um, benefit as well because he mentioned, for example, um, he doesn't have to have a taxi or he doesn't, like he can go and address issues with his business immediately, like um, maintenance issues and stuff like that. So what that will mean ultimately is that he's going to make more profit and then he's going to pay more taxes and then the government is going to get more money. So from a financial point of view, this is also far more beneficial to the NDIS and job access than him not having this stuff. Well, that, that's uh, dot point number two was actually the growth in his business. So we've kind of melded these together. But yeah. you're absolutely right. The, the cost benefit to the NDIS for the lack of support workers to be able to get him, you know, now it's just getting him in and out of bed and then he's independent from there on, where before he needed to have support workers to drive him anywhere. 
Um, and that's, that's going to be a massive cost saving over the lifetime um, to the NDIS for those support workers. But like you said, he's going to be paying more taxes because there's a real good chance that he's going to increase his business now, whether it's his photography, his drone photography, or whether it's his, uh, his units, he's be able to do more for his units, be able to on-sell them better, maybe save some staff there, but also create more income for himself, more taxes that way. But then also um, in regards to the, the business where he's, he's got the cruises uh, out onto the, out into the the ocean, maybe that business will grow too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I very much think so. And he already had the um, sort of things around that. So, yeah, look, that's also, again, another perfect reason why you need to get out there and get independent and try these products because it opens your world and, um, you know, opportunities and business and, and expansion and all those things. It's, it's awesome to see. Well, that takes us into dot point number three. Our third takeaway is the trial. We just want to reflect on that it's for these high level controls, it can be a really long time uh, to be able to bring it all together. Um, I know that I'm working with a client right now and it's just ticking over two, two and a half years it's coming up to since he did his trials. And uh, we actually proved that these similar types of high end controls are, are the way forward for him. So that's two years since he actually did the trials and he's about to get his car and, and experience the same freedom that uh, Jamin's uh, experiencing now. It can, be, it can be a long time, but what we want to reflect on is that it actually wasn't that long ago that we had no options like this really at all, or you used to have to travel yourself to Sydney to do these trials, or you had to. It was much more difficult, and it's come a long way since the introduction of NDIS. Yeah, huge. And even just the those high-end controls just even being available. I mean, he um, has been around with this situation for 13 years, oh, yeah. but only only in the last five or six years has this stuff really come onto the market and he started to kind of try and grab access to it. And clearly only in the last few years, he's really started to be able to kind of touch point it. And, and as he said at the end of the interview, it's only been two months since he's had the vehicle. So, um, so you know, but he started it well before NDIS was rolled out in WA, which was a good two, three years ago. So I guess the point is, is that these high-end controls, they are high-end. They do take a long time, but that's part of the process. And, and we have mentioned before that people, particularly within NDIS, you can kind of get on the, the negative Nancy bandwagon a little bit and go, oh, this is not worth it. And never, they're just saying no to everything and everything's too hard. Um, but with high-end controls, it's very well justified. Um, you know, we've seen all the elements. We've spoken to people in the past like Nick and, um, and um, I can't remember the other lady now. Um, and, and, yeah, talking about, like, all the different things you need to consider. Um, and even, even um, uh, Jamin was also talking about that, not just braking and accelerating back support, getting in and out, just docking your wheelchair and being able to transfer from that into the seat of the car. All of that is just a whole trial process. And some people just do six months of trialing just for that one movement, right? Yeah. And you've got five, six, seven, eight different major movements in there. So um, so it just takes time, you know, and, and stick with it because look at the end story of what um, Jamin was talking and selling, you know, shouting. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the big takeaway is it may have taken a long time, but it goes back to, to our first takeaway, that freedom and independence and that mental health and the impact that it's actually going to now have on his life. Um, uh, I look forward to catching him up, catching up with him in the future and, 
and listening to, you know, what he's been able to do and what he's been able to achieve with, with that car. And, and um, if you want to know more about Jamin and if you want to know more about his story, what we're going to do is we're going to share his contacts in the, in the show notes down below. So make sure that you uh, click on those, um, follow his Instagram page and, and have a look at the photography that he's doing with his uh, drone. It's, it's pretty amazing stuff. And uh, well, it's only going to get better, isn't it? With that car that he's got. Yeah. 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 All right. So as we say at the end of every podcast, if you want to know more about what's going to be beneficial for you, make sure you set yourself up with a trial um, and get out there and see what's right for you. That's right. Thanks very much, Brad. See you next time. Thanks, Ali. See ya. All right. That was... Thanks for listening to the Drive Able podcast with Brad Williams and Ali Akbarian. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information. 